announcement. The hemp revolution will not be televised. I repeat, the hemp revolution will not be televised. Welcome to the Hemp Revolution podcast, the global hotspot for the buzz and the cannabis. You can hear the stories of the green rush from the dreamers who are writing the rules, innovating the business, and changing history forever. Immerse yourself with the fascinating stories from the leaders in the hemp health revolution to learn how we are changing the game forever. Introducing your hosts, James Brinkerhoff and Sonia Gomez. Everybody, welcome to another rock star episode of the Hemp Revolution. I'm your host, Sonia Gomez, and we are blazing in live from Denver, Colorado. Today, we are going to be talking to yet another boss babe in the cannabis and hemp movement. Juliana Carella is the embodiment of a successful serial entrepreneur, which by the way, is not always true. <laughs> As one of the fearless, focused, driven trailblazers in this industry, she has launched two different brands. I'm sure many more has, has been a part of the launch and, and growth of that business. I just found out that they were in the media over 100 times just last year alone. And these two incredibly successful brands are two of the incredible notches that are on her entrepreneurial belt. No one can give the background of these businesses or the journey that this entrepreneur has gone on better than from straight from the horse's mouth. So without further ado, give a nice warm welcome to my guest, Miss Juliana Carella. Hey girl, how are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you. Always a pleasure and an honor to share the mic with another boss babe in the industry. This is like overtaken by hairy white men all the time. So having pretty like, having pretty smart girls on the show is awesome. <laughs> Agreed. Thank you. You're in the Bay Area. You know that's true, girl. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about, I want to dive into all of the things, but before we do, tell me a little bit about, or our audience, a little bit about who you are and what you're currently doing in the industry, and then we'll talk about some of the, some of the history stuff, too. Sure. Well, these days, I'm focused on the CBD space for animals and humans. Treatables has been really busy for us, and so that's been my main focus. And as you probably know, our business has changed a lot over the years. So it's fun to be focused on this. We're a national brand because of it being a CBD from hemp product. So it's been really exciting to grow the brand nationally, and now we're um, moving into international markets as well. Congratulations. What a big deal. Distribution is a huge challenge for a lot of people that are in the industry, but that's like third tier challenge compared to the other like banking, marketing, advertising, building, stabilizing your supply chain, like just these everyday things that seem like they should be pretty simple for business owners. Seems like you guys have it figured out well enough that you can infiltrate international distribution. So that's amazing. How did you, what, what's your background? Like how did you end up in the CBD movement? Well, we ended up in the CBD movement via the THC movement actually, because when we started Auntie Dolores in 2008, 
nobody really knew about CBD. It was all about THC and we were making products for humans. We had some really interesting THC edible products that became really popular. Um, Auntie Dolores is known for savory edibles. So we were one of the first companies to introduce like healthy and sugar-free edibles into the market here in California. Thank God. So that, that was really exciting and a lot of fun. Very different business than what Treatables has become because Treatables is a CBD company and we're using hemp. So it's easier for us to build a national brand just from that alone. So to back up and answer your question a little bit better, in 2008, we didn't know about CBD. It wasn't until about 2010, thanks to, you know, Project CBD and a few other important people and organizations CBD became more well-known, and we immediately started planting CBD strains up in Mendocino County and actually starting to work with it, starting to develop different products. We started developing the animal products in 2012 and launched Treatables in 2013. Mind you, when we launched Treatables in 2013, we were still using cannabis to extract CBD because hemp was not available in that in that way that it is now. So we moved from cultivating cannabis THC strains to cannabis CBD strains, and now we're cultivating hemp CBD. So it's been a real metamorphosis for our company. Yeah, really amazing transition. My mom owns property out in Upper Lake in Mendocino County, okay. and Saratoga Farms was a family-owned farm of ours, and my husband and his ex-wife, who, by the way, is like top-notch herbalist. She's an absolute incredible healer and creates an amazing little, I I call them single-batch artisan products, right? Mm So so we have an extensive history in creating like personal care products. I cut my teeth as an entrepreneur selling their, selling their products. And they quite literally up in Mendocino County and in the Emerald Triangle and such used to grow the aromatic herbs and medicinal herbs, including cannabis and some hemp strains and would distill them down in this like hand hammered copper distillery, (laughs) get the essential oils and fuse them with, you know, olive oil from Hopland and all over the place. Mm-hmm. And, and so that, that exact same 18 acre farm is now under my mother's care and it has a beautiful lavender farm and, you know, gorgeous cannabis plant. It's, it's just such an amazing, magical place. So mm-hmm. I have my like hundred percent stamp seal of approval of product and, and the farmers that are coming out of there, just, just to see those fully vertical companies that have been able to make the transition with the, metamorphosis of the industry is has been really amazing to watch and even more exciting to support now that I'm on this side of the garden it's a big big deal we we came out of Mendocino County to come into Colorado to help write the legislation that would legalize cannabis for a for-profit model here so it's it's amazing it's just it renders me speechless to see how big the transition has been and it sounds like you have been a part of it since kind of the beginning of of time if you are launching products 2008 12 13 like you've been in this space for a long time talk to me about the temperature and some of the some of the challenges this is always like you know 
the hemp revolution is really chock full of challenges. And a lot of the people that come into this space have these visions of grandeur. They think they're going to jump into the, the new age gold rush. They're going to, you know, strike it rich on their first try. And they're really surprised to find out that you can't run banking or advertising or merchant processing or like all of these different otherwise normal things that you would use to operate a business are inaccessible to us. Those are the only most famous challenges. Talk to me a little bit about your guys' growing pains and, and what you've had to overcome as a team and as a company and as an entrepreneur. Yeah. Well, yeah, I tell you. Not to send you into PTSD or anything. Oh, well, that's <laughs> what cannabis is for. I mean, <laughs> products we make have helped us stay tenacious and, you know, grounded, I guess you could say, because there's certainly been plenty of challenges and there's definitely been plenty of moments where I've thought to myself, is it really, is this really happening? Like, do I really, did I really just lose my bank? Did they really just close my bank account? Oh, did I really just find out that we don't have merchant processing? Oh, PayPal just shut us down. And then Shopify just shut down our website just out of the blue. I mean, it's been a succession of incredible challenges since day one. And yet, the rewards are so incredible that they still make up for those challenges. So I just want to preface everything I say with that because, you know, it, when we start to talk about the challenges in cannabis and hemp, it's, it, it can get, I don't want to sound like a negative Nelly, right? But it is, it is really challenging. And I think for us specifically, because we moved from cannabis to hemp, one of the main drivers for that was thinking that maybe operating in the hemp space was going to be a little easier. And we've really come to find out now, especially ironically, since hemp was removed from the Controlled Substance Act, which was another moment that we anticipated a shift in that things would become easier in many regards, they've actually become more difficult. It's, it's just, it, there's always challenges. I can't, I, I don't know how to get around it or try to encourage people to keep moving forward with their business plan and their ideas and their visions. I mean, you just can't get bogged down with these challenges and it can be very, it can be very tough on the spirit of the staff, you know, to have all these challenges. It's constantly making us reevaluate our intention in this industry and really stay grounded with this concept that we're here to help people and pets. And that is the number one underlying philosophy of this company and it's the one thing that we always have to like turn to and remember when times are hard and that those rewards truly do outweigh the challenges but it is something that we have to remind ourselves quite often so that we can just stay positive you know i think i think that there's like the candy like what i call the candy kush side of the industry right where you're just like fuck yeah everything is awesome it's all fun you're at festivals people are wearing your swag and they're smoking your weed and it's like yeah i'm cool right and then there's the other side of it that really humanizes the industry where things are not so perfect they're not so glamorous it's not so exciting but it's really i love the word that you used you have to have the tenacity you have to be extremely tenacious and to be able to you know stomach the inevitable roadblocks that come along with your involvement with still a very real schedule one substance right mm -hmm. and i think that you know people were celebrating in the streets and popping you know their their bottles of champagne and all of this stuff when the when the farm bill crossed but i think that that was premature 
because with with the passing, we we think that they're throwing up their white flag, and at the same time, it it opens up a huge floodgate for what I'm calling the third tier business owners to come in with big money, you know, a lot of capital, a fucked up mentality of how they're going to overrun the entire. Excuse my language, by the way. I'm just like I talk oh, like God. I'm talking to the I'm talk like I'm talking to my friends, right? They like there's so many different media outlets that want to position like use positioning, right? Like, oh, this is this whole fantastic thing. But I think we've been really successful because we can be raw and real about the facts behind the fiction of, of what we get to see every day. And yeah. what we see every day is really glamorous. It's glossy, the advertisements and the hooks and the, you know, the big banners that say like, join the green, this is all very sexy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost pornographic for the industry. And when it comes down to it, the business owners who ha- are in the same mentality as you about being committed to helping people, feeling, feeling the heartfelt reward of the story or the experience or, you know, what the transformation that your clients are experiencing is the thing that keeps you getting up out of bed to take another hit, you know? <laughs> So I love having those very raw conversations, especially with people who are in, you guys are in the marijuana Mecca. This is the kingdom of cannabis is in California and, you know, right up in the Bay area. I mean, you guys, you guys have seen, have done, have witnessed, have participated on the ground floor of what is now known as the biggest, you know, wealth creation opportunity of our lifetime, certainly of our generation. So I love the transparency. I'm just encouraging you to say you don't sound like a negative Nelly at all. I think it gives, you know, our, our listeners, and if you are listening to this, it's important for you to take everything that we say with a grain of salt, understanding that how you do one thing is how you do everything. And in the way that you prepare yourself for success, you must also armor yourself for the inevitable challenges that come on this path. And it is quite literally an opportunity for you to participate and be the change that you want to see in your household, in your community, in the state, in the country, and understanding that you are the pebble that creates the ripple effect. So understanding why you do what you do, what is the why behind your passion, what is your purpose behind your passion, and that will help you get the profitability. So Juliana, talk to me a little bit about your team, your women-owned business. So super cool. Been in the media a hundred times, obviously a recognizable brand. What are some of the things that you absolutely love about your business? Well, I love my staff. They're amazing. I mean, every day I just think it's so great, the team that we have and everything that we're able to accomplish working together and just keeping our, you know, keeping focused on our mission Everybody on my team is serious animal lovers, and they're all cannabis and hemp enthusiasts. It's hard to find good people. I mean, that's been honestly one of our biggest challenges is finding good people that have good work ethic and also have that compassion. And it's a it's a fine balance of personality traits that we look for. And so it's I feel really lucky that we've found the people that we've found and been able to keep a really nice team here at our company. Nice. I love that. How are you guys, you know, 
whatever the challenge is for any business is opening up further distribution channels, getting, you know, brand recognition, the advertising and marketing, what's going to be effective, what's going to give you the ROI. You shared earlier that you have just like a rock star PR team. Let's speak to the existing business owners or the budding entrepreneurs who are, you know, making the corporate to cannabis jump right now. Perhaps they have a CBD brand or business in their infancy and they're trying to figure out how to properly allocate their resources to grow and expand their brand recognition, the respect around the products that they are creating and marketing and looking for those distribution relationships that are going to be move the needle for them. How did you get into going from a local brand to a national brand and now opening up international distribution opportunities? Yeah, you know, it happened all really organically. And it it also helped that we were first to market in the pet space. Now there's like over 200 companies that make CBD products for pets. So, you know, we're constantly looking to differentiate ourselves from the other brands out there and being first in the market. I mean, there was a good like six to eight months before any other companies were around. And then it was like another two years before there was a lot of companies. So we had quite a bit of time to really establish ourselves in the market and develop those relationships with our customers and develop that brand loyalty and that brand recognition and all of those things that make a brand successful. It's something that we work at every day, every moment of every day. We have a really good reputation, but we've worked incredibly hard to gain that reputation. And now it's about protecting the reputation and continuing to grow while we maintain that. And with regard to, you know, just how we grew treatables from a local brand to an international brand, it really, it took a lot of steps that, you know, it was like one step and then the next one came and then the next one, but we couldn't get to step three until we finished one or two. And kind of how it all unfolded basically was we started treatables when we were still a cannabis company. So our customers were, you know, we had over 850 dispensaries here in California that were carrying our product. That were you guys really- up in Hopland? Were you up in Were you up in Hopland? I think you were because that's where I know your name. That's yeah, where we did have from. some dispensaries up there for sure. I mean, we we worked with clubs all the way from Mendocino down to to San Diego, actually. And what's interesting now is we are not even able to work with these dispensaries anymore because the BCC has banned hemp products in cannabis dispensaries. (laughs) It really shifted for us. But what was interesting is because our first customer base was these dispensaries and those customers were patients that were obviously open-minded enough to try giving their pet CBD because they were using CBD and THC themselves. So we really grew the brand from our our cannabis customer base, ironically. Then after that, what we did is we started to sell online. We were the first company to sell a CBD pet product online. Of course, we faced all the usual challenges that I mentioned, you know, PayPal shut us down, Shopify shut our website down one day. I mean, it was like really, really challenging, but the beauty of it was during that time, we were gaining more and more brand recognition and and popularity. And I think our website actually drove the interest to the pet stores. So then the pet stores started picking us up 
about three years ago. And then that took time to gain distribution. We now have 15 different distributors, but of course it took some time to gain one after the other. I mean, we want to sell the product across the country in every single state and and beyond. So we need uh, strong distribution channels. And then now, because we're, you know, we're really strong in the pet space, we're also moving into other markets as well, like grocery or perhaps big mass market chain stores. And we're actually moving into those markets with different brands. So the tree of AD Remedies, our parent company, has branched out in so many different directions now. And it's been really exciting to see that growth, but it, it happened so organically. And I mean, I, I wish I could say like what the formula was, like how, how it all unfolded as magically as it did. But when you're in it every day and you have these end goals in mind, I mean, the reality is you don't know how you're going to get to that goal. You just know that you need to get there. And so we've always maintained the philosophy that we need to be adaptive but we still need to be tenacious. And that's like really a fine line right there. We have to be adaptive because we have to be able to, you know, bob and weave, if you will, with those challenges that come up inevitably, you have to be able to get past them, move around them, figure something else out. Maybe your course changes a little bit, but at the end of the day, your goal is still what it is and you're going to get there come hell or high water, right? And yeah. so that's kind of how, how we operate. We are tenacious and we're adaptive. And, and that's, it just, it seems to work. I love it. So let me ask you a different question. If you were standing in a room full of the budding entrepreneurs, the new excited CBD owners who are emptying their 401ks, taking out high limit credit, <laughs> high limit credit cards, and taking small business loans, leveraging whatever equities they have, and they're throwing it all into this because they have some sort of transformational story, and they want they want to be be a part of the legacy that is the that is the CBD movement right now. What would be three things that you could share with them that would help to sort of shape the next steps that they're taking as a brand new business and and trying to gain brand exposure? Well, the first thing I would suggest is whatever that product or service is that they're developing that, you know, you want to make sure that it's not just a great idea that, you know, the entrepreneur alone has, that this is actually an idea that's tested somehow in the market, that there's some indication that this is going to be a successful brand or a successful product or service or whatever it is. And that's sometimes difficult to gauge. But if there's a way to gauge that before you sink a bunch of money into it, I mean, that's always a great idea. That's the first thing I would say. And then the second thing I would say would be to really take a look at the landscape of what's out there now, because the reality is any product that's going to do well, it's going to do well because it's unique or that it satisfies a problem. It, it, It fixes a problem in society. You know, for instance, we need more alternative methods of treating animals that have anxiety right? Well, there's the answer. CBD products for animals addresses that very real need. So it it was kind of like, okay, this is something that's needed in the market. We're going to provide it. Well, now there's 200 companies out there that are providing it. So now it's becoming an issue of how to differentiate ourselves from the others. So 
back to my point, if you're starting a new service or product or brand, make sure that there's enough differentiating factors about your product. There's just no sense in creating a duplicate of something that's already out there. And what we see these days is nothing but duplicates. It's just literally, you've got about five companies in the pet space right now that are really standout brands, Treatables being one of them. And then there's 195 brands that are literally doing the same exact thing. They're buying their CBD oil from the same supplier. The cannabinoid content of their product is exactly the same as the 195 other companies out there. So it's really important to be different, be unique, offer something that your competitors don't offer. And then the last thing I would mention is, you know, the success of a brand or a product is also dependent on how much shelf space is available in the market. And I think this gets overlooked a lot. And the way that I see it in the cannabis space, for instance, one of the drivers for us to move into hemp and become a national brand was because I felt like there was such limited shelf space available in the cannabis market. Particularly here in California, what happened for us was when we started our edibles company in 2008, there was, again, very few companies out there doing what we were doing. And even though there was limited shelf space at these dispensaries, there was enough demand for our product that we had dedicated shelf space. And that meant that we could grow our brand, that we could grow the revenues and, you know, basically become successful. What it looks like these days is quite different though. Again, there's just oversaturation in the market. There's probably too many products out there and they're all competing very strongly for that shelf space. And that shelf space in the cannabis market is, is pretty limited. So again, it goes back to just becoming a really amazing standout brand and whatever that takes, there's just not a lot of room for cutting corners right now for the companies that are out there and you know they just want to get in the game so they just like throw a cbd oil up up on some shelf somewhere i mean it's i can't see how a brand like that would actually be successful because it's so oversaturated at this point that it's really hard for a brand like that to get distribution and get that type of recognition that they're going to need I can't agree with you more. It's really interesting because I'm getting to see things from the consumer perspective most often and am advising the business owners based off of the consumer feedback. I'm not sure how much you know about us, but in the last two years, you know, we, we've worked soil to sale for a combined 35 years. My past comes from being a patient whose life was transformed by the use of cannabis when the traditional medical system failed me. We spent tens of thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of hours. You know, I almost failed out of high school spending three out of five days doing experimental testing. And really at the peak, I was in a near fatal surfing accident in San Diego is what actually happened. And wow, triggered this whole girl, let me tell you the story. Okay. Here I was super fly 16 hair down, you know, long flowing locks. And I was in the leadership and training program at the YMCA for summer camp. And, uh, you know, all of the uh, transits come in, like 
the Argentinian lifeguards and the Kiwi lifeguards and the Australian lifeguards. And it's just like a meatsicle on the fucking beach when you're supposed to be focusing <laughs> on your surf, on your surf game. So here I was on my break. Where this is going. <laughs> dragging my board out. Like I'm hot shit. I grew up in Santa Cruz. I'm about to surf this wave, watch me work. And I get out there and I'm like, yes, in my red bathing suit. And I'm like surfing the wave of my life. And why did this fucking, I swear to God, Ariel got jealous and knocked me off my board because I freaking flew off my board out of nowhere, hit the floor like a ton of bricks on the ocean floor, like a ton of bricks, got caught in the freaking cord. My board shot up the back, like got caught in the undertow. I didn't know which way was up, which way was, and I'm an experienced surf, like ocean swimmer, right? So I was, I was effed. The same lifeguards that I was like, yeah, woohoo, like talk to me later, were the same ones that were dragging me, like snot running out of my nose, <laughs> like coughing, laying on the beach, doing my finger and toe check. I'm like, I'm fine, guys. Anybody want to resuscitate me? Like, <laughs> and that, like, that's how it went down. So I was like, I definitely doing my finger and toe check was like, oh, this is not this is not good. Like there was tingling there, you know, the, all of the things that you don't want to have, at least there was feeling. And I was like, just get up and walk it off. Like, mm -hmm. you know, pick your wedgie and keep it moving. <laughs> and I was like, this is going to go. It never went away. So years later at the peak of my illness, I was a hundred pounds overweight, seven medications in waking up with total sleep paralysis. And, and the worst part was not what was happening to me, but what was happening to my family. Mm -hmm. All of the focus, you know, amongst my, my mother, my stepdad, my three sisters, all of the focus went to me mm -hmm. and very quickly the dynamic of my family shifted. And I think, I think that that's the most expensive part for a family when someone's not well, whether it's your fur baby or it's you or whatever it is, when somebody that you love is not well, your focus and attention tends to go there and it's a strain and a stress on the body and it's depleting all the way, all the way around. And it was an extremely complicated recovery, but I finally, after spending all of this time and effort and God bless my mom who didn't give up on me for a moment, kept looking, every no inspired her to find the yes. Mm. And she finally got me in touch with a holistic neurologist who introduced me to my endocannabinoid system, who taught me about phytonutrients, who taught me about strain selection and microdosing and the connection between my my mental physical emotional and spiritual bodies and and even though I had been immersed in that culture my mom was a student of Hartwood I grew up in back in Garberville like there was there was no escaping the holistic conversation of of health but it's different when you're a young person and you have to take responsibility for those results and this is a lot of what I get from the consumer's perspective when they tell me I'm overloaded on medications or I don't know what they're, they're going to put my dog down because of this, or, you know, these, these incredible stories of where they feel exhausted and let down from doing what they think they're supposed to, what the generations before us have taught us, go to your doctor, go to your vet, take the medications, do, you know, do these things. And when you fail in that space, it takes a, a certain amount of courage to search for alternatives. Yeah. So it was at the very beginning of this industry when I came in contact with any of this stuff. And in the last 
you know, fast forward, my story has not only been the foundation for the work that I do now as a media company, but it's been the foundation for how I've, you know, fought the both the medical and legal system for our rights to safe access, you know, pioneered legislation that legalized cannabis here in Colorado, helped develop the Medical Marijuana Enforcement Division, which is now foundational for the way that other states are picking up and governing this industry. Mm-hmm. And it feels you know, we, we've impacted over 50 million people just in the last two years with our content and our commitment to excellence is just like you're talking about. This is my long story to, to reinforce the things that you are saying about your commitment, your tenacity, the things that you have to be willing to do to be in service to the client or customer that you wake up to every day. And there's, there's a face, there's an avatar that goes with that. And that how careful you have to be with your resources, with your relationships, with your products and the way that you produce on a daily basis is, is so important in the beginning phases. So I just want to add in a little to what you said, because you talked very, you spoke very powerfully about the shelf space, the, the room in the industry and the looky-loo or the me too products that are coming out. Mm-hmm. The time to be first is over. And there's a, one of my mentors that says, you know, you have very quickly a marketplace becomes a red ocean. All of the sharks are going for the same fish. Do you agree with that? Oh, hundred percent. So all of the sharks are going for the same fish. Yeah. The willing participants in the cannabis and hemp movement have been served. Okay. <laughs> in the last few years. Now it's really important for you guys to find I love that you spoke of this, Juliana, because nobody does. I'm the only one that I've heard talk about, like, pretty soon the conversation's not going to be about what your brand is, but how to make your brand stand out. Yeah. So, so massive. And I think that you guys are nailing it because you were in the media a hundred times just last year alone. And is it fair to say that media is a consistent investment that you guys keep in, oh, yeah. in your PL? hundred percent. What kind of, uh, before I give these like three little tips to our audience, tell me what kind of difference media exposure has made for you guys. Well, it's very different now than it was uh, 11 years ago. You know, as you know, there's tons of challenges with marketing and advertising and cannabis, not as many with hemp, but there's still a lot of challenges. I mean, we still can't do all that we want on Facebook and Twitter, lots of limitations there still. And yet social media is probably one of the driving features for the brand recognition and spreading our good word, if you will. So yeah, we're, we're big in social media and just our PR firm, we work with a group called Matrix, and they're based in uh, in Chicago, and they've just been fantastic. We also have somebody on staff, Jody Ziskin. She's, she's a healthy pet coach, and she's also our director of communications. So she works really closely with the PR firm, and they're always, you know, churning up opportunities for us. And then it could be a lot of different focuses. You know, we... Sometimes we do interviews similar to this, where it's really a lot of information about just the business and, you know, our our goals and whatnot. And then 
a lot of times we'll do interviews about the science of cannabis and hemp, or we'll do interviews about, you know, being a female owned company. So there's a lot of different directions that we go. And we're happy to, you know, we're happy to accommodate reporters. I mean, I always, I always tell people, you know, you just got to make time for reporters. It's sometimes, you know, sometimes reporters need a story like yesterday. <laughs> when that happens, we drop everything and we make ourselves available because, you know, we think it's an opportunity when reporters and media come knocking on our door for content. We should drop everything, right? And make ourselves available. And then I've noticed that with that, the reporters come back again and again, because they know that you're going to assist them and help them, you know, develop a good story or article or whatever that is. So it's always something to just pursue as best you can when you're, especially a new company, but there's definitely a lot of challenges still and a lot of limitations. And so again, it's just about working around all that and finding a way to make it work. This is why I love what I do because I have cracked this freaking code of, of advertising on and offline. I've cracked the code. I've been able to do it for the last three and a half years when nobody else can. There's a few, all of a sudden when I go into my business groups, everyone's profile is changing to CBD marketing expert and I'm all bitch, please. <laughs> And like, not to be a hater or anything, love y'all, but for real, own your shit, like what's true. Anyway, <laughs> right? I mean, come on. So I'm going to throw some gold nuggets in here because I think that while you guys are considering how you build your brands, you really need to consider, you know, what you're going to do to stand yourselves apart. And one of the things that we have been able to do really, really well that has helped us set ourselves and our businesses that we're working with apart from the rest is your mission the movement and the message that you are sharing with people. So here are some tips for you guys. Craft your message. Craft your message and stick by it every single time. There's gotta be these like key points that capture the attention of your ideal customer. Call them out in your message. Let them know that they are the ones that you want to speak to. That message has to capture the attention of your ideal customer and let them know that you are a contender, that everything that you do from start to finish is there to serve them. Second is, what is your mission? Having a product and helping people is not big enough. There has to be a mission that your customer wants to be a part of, something that is greater than themselves. Gone are the days where glossy advertisements are the things that are pushing products. People are not buying products, they are buying people. And the why behind the buy is what keeps the customer engaged with your brand. The final is, how are you creating a movement? Do you have a movement? Is there something that will keep your company alive when everyone else is wishing it was dead? Again, people, Juliana, you are a perfect example of this. You were the first, and now you are having to come up with, again, to be the first, to maintain that first position, because let's be honest, second to market is first loser, right? So you guys were the first winner, and I mean, can I get an amen here? I mean, amen. For real, though, second to market is first loser. Like, you guys were the first on the... And this is what I love about your business. You're women-owned. You're first to the market. All of these badges that I love to wear. And you guys have, you, there's a mission, there's a movement, and now you guys are shimmying and shaking, leveraging media to be able to share that with the world. And having a diverse message that still speaks to the ideal customer shows the many facets of your business and how you're ready to shimmy, shake, pivot, and move 
with the changing times. So here are some key things for you guys to know as you're starting growing or scaling your business, invest into media. You have to know the value of exposure. If you're not part of the conversation, you better be creating the conversation or find a way to weasel yourself in. If they're not talking about you, you're not relevant and you're going to die with the rest of the irrelevant brands. Next is leverage the power of influence. There is, if you are part of the conversation, there's a, there's a perception of importance. Be as important as your mission be as big as the movement itself and find a way to contribute in a positive manner. Helping people is not it. Get specific. I say go seven layers deep. If you say you want to help people, answer the question how. Answer the question why and do it seven times because the first one is not it. Making things better, how? Making things better, why? What is that going to do for them? Not for you, but for them. Your income is a direct reflection of the impact that you are making in the world. Next is build your celebrity. Been in the media a hundred times just in the last year. If people know who you are, they're more likely to trust you, want to be, want to do what you do, have what you have, be what you are. Okay. These are the things that are, and, and hopefully you're not some schmuck with a, with a freaking wallet, you know, like hopefully you're a change maker. Hopefully you have these things that are built inside of you. And if you don't, if they're not clearly defined, if you can't drop it to me by the time that it takes me to go from floor one to 10 on an elevator, you don't have it nailed down yet. I suggest that you look, that you dive in real deep, do some heart searching, chakra, ayahuasca, whatever the fuck to get in touch with your higher purpose and and figure it out because we are this is the hemp health revolution we are disrupting one of the biggest industries in the world right now one of the ones that are absolutely diminishing the power of our communities our families are suffering to to the opioid crisis right now we are seeing an over prescription and abuse of the medical system right now and that's translating across I don't care if you have four legs, 10 legs, six legs, two legs, it doesn't matter. There is an imbalance and it's time for us as business owners to help our communities take responsibility for the wellness that we want to have and share for the next generation. That's my spiel. Take it or leave it or, uh, you know, I'll take it <laughs> spoonful of sugar, baby. <laughs> Anyways, Juliana, I I'm, I'm so impressed. I absolutely love your guys's brand. I love your business. I, I love you. your story and anything that I can do to be in continued support of your guys' growth and exposure, I'm totally down for. We have a subscriber list of over 350,000 people. We have nice. 30,000 people a month who are consuming this type of content from us before we run any promotions. We've okay. impacted tens of millions around the world. So you let me know if there's a new message, product, promotion that you guys have coming out. However, I can support my fellow Bay Area babes. I'm 100% I'm in. Right on. Well, thanks so much. That's very yeah. nice of you. Appreciate yeah. that. You're welcome. Any final words for our audience before we close up today? No, I just, I really enjoyed talking with you. You're very dynamic and you give a great interview. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. As long as you had fun, we're, we're went, I'm over here breaking a sweat. I'm like Tony Robbins or something. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, having fun is, is the main key. And I'm super passionate about this because quite honestly, it saved my life. Mm -hmm. FTC don't hate on me for making a claim or anything, but I'm just sharing my story. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, like quite literally it saved my life. And I know that I, I get to hear stories like this every day where someone says like, 
my dog lived an extra six months after my, you know, vet wanted to put him down or my dog used to yip all the time and now he's totally cool and I can actually take him on an airplane. Parents telling me stories about their, all of these different things that just like pull up my heartstrings every day and, mm-hmm. and keep me committed to, to the mission. And yeah. I'm so grateful for businesses like yours that make my job easy. So appreciate you. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you too. Great work. Thank you. Hey, you guys, thanks for tuning in. I hope you guys enjoyed another episode of The Hemp Revolution. I'm your host, Sonia Gomez. If you want to find out more information about how you can join the Green Rush or succeed while confronted with the many challenges that you are inevitably facing here as a CBD business owner, check us out at theemeraldcircle.com. More episodes can be found on that website. If you're a patient looking for product recommendations or articles and information of how CBD and cannabis can change your life, check us out at medicalsecrets.com and we'll see you guys on the internet. Ciao for now. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another rock star episode of the Hemp Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Sonia Gomez. And just for you, we took notes on this episode along with the links and other resources mentioned inside of today's show. Get them for free right now by going to theemeraldcircle.com. Now, if you want more on this, please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcast or wherever you like to listen, and you will be automatically entered in to our monthly giveaway where you can get swag bags, all kinds of cool gifts and discounts from our guests and exclusive offers that are only mentioned right here in the Hemp Revolution podcast. I can't wait for you to share this with your friends. With your help, we've been able to impact millions of people's lives around the world with the truth about hemp and cannabis. And we know that you love us so much that you're going to leave a review and rate us right now on your favorite platform to absorb content just like this. Now, we challenge you to dream big and love the life that you live. Thanks so much. And we hope to see you on our next episode of the Hemp Revolution podcast. Ciao for now.